You're listening to episode 201 of the Edible Valley podcast. On this episode, we're talking cooking profession. Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. In each episode, we ask experts to weigh in on the food topics that matter to you, from growers to producers to chefs. And I challenge John, Darren, and you to learn more about your food and the stories behind it. From our hub on Vancouver Island in the beautiful Comox Valley, join us as we explore our edible valley. Well, good day to you. This is another Edible Valley podcast. I love these. John, 201. We're 201. We're at that point now. Yeah. I almost want to race to 300 now. Yes. Should we just do loads of podcasts? We're just going to keep doing this. You know what? And trying to keep people interested and listening to their feedback about what they want to learn Absolutely. about food. Yeah. Well, we're doing it. We're doing it for you. You, person listening right now, you are the ones we're doing it for. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we've been talking about this a little bit. We are going to be changing up the podcast a little bit. Uh, now, there's two things to mention. First of all is the change. But the second thing is we're still going to be doing the old school Edible Valley podcast um, episodes. But we're also going to be adding in something a little bit new. So, John, tell me about this. It sounds exciting. Well, we're, we've all decided to do our own little pet little projects. Like, we've all got interest in certain things, so we've all sort of wanted to jump in and do our own little description of everything. So, for me, I was thinking about, you know, like, let's talk about the cooking profession. Let's talk about what it's like to be a chef. You know, like, let's yeah. get into the nit and gritty. Uh, you know, like, I'm, I'm putting the question out today, uh, what does it take to be a chef? Okay, and you've got a lot written down there with some numbers. So can I assume that this is going to be a running series for you? This is going to be a running series. So I'm starting out, basically I've got the next couple weeks, uh, actually it's going to be months, with the regular podcast, like doing our interviews and finding about where people cook food and how they cook food. Uh, this is this is my aspect of sort of sitting down and just focusing on specific um, characteristics within the industry and especially being a chef. So I want to showcase, uh, you know, today we're going to talk about traits of a chef. Great. You know, like some of the things that the, the good things, the bad <laughs> things. Uh, and then uh, next episode, I want to get into like uh, where can you work in the food industry? Like where can you be a chef? Like different aspects of it. Uh, I also want to get into the history of restaurants and how they evolved. Wow. And some of the, the key characters who sort of Great. changed the, the food industry that we work in now. Uh, we can't do this without describing the brigade system. Yes, absolutely. Because that, that is something that's actually alien to me. But I've heard about it. And it's this thing. But it would be nice to have it broken down a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's basically how the, the kitchens are based around the military. And right. it's a brigade, and everyone has a position and a responsibility. Love so it. we're going to break into that <laughs> and learn some of those funny French terms. Um, I want to talk about some uh, kitchen management, uh, basically, you know, running the house, uh, the stuff that you have to deal with that's not just food related. The other things, uh, another thing, you know, restaurant or menu design, 
as well, maybe a little bit of restaurant design. You know, how, how you design your menu yeah. to reflect on what your restaurant is or what your food establishment is doing. So all of these things come together. And as forever, the layman in these conversations, it's really interesting to know because, you know, <clears throat> you, you walk into a restaurant. It's really easy to think that it just they just threw everything together. But restaurants are an absolutely savage business. You essentially need to learn to do three to four thousand things regularly with loads of moving parts like the the lives of the staff for example i don't know uh pandemic <laughs> <laughs> things like that and and this is just one of those areas well that's it and i want to hit some of those things i want to talk about food science food safety restaurant safety uh there's a there's a huge list of things that i want to go over i want to talk about uniforms right. there's a lot of effort has gone into designing a chef's uniform which no one knows anything about or very few know anything about why our chef jackets are how they are and why we wear those funny white hats right amazing <laughs> so next time uh you know after you've heard the this series of podcasts next time you go into a restaurant with some friends or family maybe there's a lulling conversation you can say hey guys let's talk about the uniforms of the chef <laughs> did you know you know I mean, these things are really interesting yeah. And you know what? I, and I find like I love this profession and I've been doing it for years and I almost too many years when I start looking at it. I, I've been in the industry for 31 years now. I just wow. looked that up the other day and it shocked me. You're and old. I'm <laughs> old. Yeah. I still have a baby face, so it's OK. <laughs> um, but I wanted to really showcase some of the things and, and yeah. what it's like to be in the kitchen. So yeah. uh, let's get on to that. Uh, so uh, as I'd like to say, it's time to tattoo up and show off those cuts and burns. And we're going to learn a little bit about what it's like to be a chef. Fantastic. So how this is going to work is this is going to be part of a series. So if you're interested in this, then just follow the series. The next episode will come. The next episode will come. But it will follow that theme. So it's going to allow you and we hope it allows you to get really expert in something to really, really fundamentally understand something like this and i'm i'm gonna learn i'm ready to learn john all right let's well, go let's 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 get started uh, I want to say welcome to the kitchen. And I mean, this isn't a real kitchen. Uh, hopefully you're sitting at home or in your car enjoying life as it can be. So what I want you to do is go up to your thermometer and crank it as high as you possibly can. <laughs> you can see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> now close your eyes and just, I'm going to put some background sounds of the kitchen dishes cranking. You know, and all of a sudden you've got the chef online throwing the frying pan on the on the stovetop, you know, yelling out to the, the whole kitchen staff, you know, pick up on table 17. I need a rush. Oh, the uh, sound of the machines. <laughs> the machine going, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, someone's like, I forgot to fire appies on 24. <laughs> I'm all in on 16. I need a runner. Food's in the window. <laughs> we have a pickup on 26. Yeah. You know, how many on the floor? All of those fun things. And don't. It's 110 degrees. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Yeah. You're sweating and there's <laughs> and you're going and now you're wearing a mask. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. 
So this, I'm not really painting a great picture. <laughs> it's true, and you know, um, I remember I worked in a, a place called The Harvester in the UK for a while, doing dishes, and I was constantly complaining I wanted to do more. So they put me on the grill. They, they specialise in grilled steaks. Yeah, yeah. And I was there for two minutes, and it, it's, like, it, it's, it's like twice the heat of an oven. And, and I was like, no, <laughs> straight back to the dishes. So it, 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 John is not joking here. Unbelievably hot. It is hot. It is, it is fast paced. And if you are not into multitasking, this is your ultimate nightmare. Yeah. It is your ultimate nightmare. Yeah. Uh, you know, part of part of being a chef is being a multitasker and being on top of everything. Um, now, on the flip side, you are part of a team. And I think that's the most rewarding part of this is that you're with a group of individuals that are all working together to get the same thing done. Yeah. And that camaraderie is, is what really puts kitchens together. And yeah. you can tell good kitchens from bad kitchens just by how the team is meshed together yeah. and how they work work together in in the, this time of craziness yeah. you know uh there's also the joys of you are never complimented more than as a chef like it's one there is a lot of criticism and it can be you know people pick apart but at the end of the day i guarantee every restaurant no matter how bad surface is someone will walk out there and go thank you very much for making wow. a meal for me today you yeah. know or you did really great yeah. or people say you know thank you so much you know you're going to get that no matter how bad you think you did there's going to be someone who appreciates the hard work you put in. So and what does that mean to you? Because, I mean, as a customer, you leave the restaurant, you see busy folks in the kitchen, maybe there's a radio on, you don't know if they, they can even hear you. Um, but what does that mean to you if you shout thanks on the way out? Oh, man, that's like, it's it just lifts you up. There's nothing right. more rewarding than someone coming in and going, thank you so much. And you're just like, oh. You're, wow. you're very welcome. You know, it sort of puts in perspective everything you've just done for that whole day. And how about if the server sends their compliments like in that old school way? Uh, the servers, uh, you blow them off after a while. But no, you, know, <laughs> you do. You do. You get that appreciation. Yeah. You feel that it's that teamwork together, yeah. right? Great. Like, you know, they're doing a hard job. You're doing a higher job. Yeah. And sometimes things flare up in the middle. Yeah. But it's one of those ones at the end of the day, most people can just, you know, let everything go. They yeah. worked over the last couple hours and just be like, yeah. you know join together as a bit of a family because yeah. most restaurants are a family when it when it comes down to it a bit of a chaotic and <laughs> <laughs> dysfunctional dysfunctional family <laughs> but it works out uh now here's the question is uh you want to become the top dog right do you want to be the head chef oh yeah i mean no actually but yeah. no you know what <laughs> for the sake of this <laughs> i couldn't hack it yeah well becoming a head chef is it's a long process you know what? And it's a constant learning process. That's what I really enjoy about this. I find that I'm always learning something new and I'm always being, there's always some aspect of the industry that can challenge me. You know, it's not like I come into work every day and I have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not just flipping burgers. I'm, you know, managing staff. I'm fixing equipment. I'm making sure the food is coming in. You know, there's a, a huge long list of responsibilities mm -hmm. I have got going. And uh, it's for me, it's it's enjoyable, you know. Yeah. It's a bit stressful some days, you know. There's that panic that you look at the clock five minutes before someone's shift starts, and you're like, "Are they going to show? Are oh. they going to show? Are they going?" And then they show, and you're like, "Okay, we're good," you know. <clears throat> so you do have those things, but I had created a bit of a list here of sort of things that are sort of chef 
related. And that sort of gives you things that you should, if you want to take on this profession, say you're younger, or you know, you think you just are interested in getting into the industry and, and you can see the person that mm. you're going to be working under, what you can expect from them. Um, these are a couple characteristics. I mean, here's a one I'd like to start off with. Do you feel you're a competent person? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So do you feel you're a competent person? Yeah. Like think okay. about that. Cause you have to have some competency. You have to have an ability of knowing what you're doing and you have to have the respect from your team. Right. So that, that will show in how you feel about yourself. That will show in how you feel about yourself. So you have to put that out to them. Mm. Uh, another key thing is having a palate. Okay. Being able to taste flavors because that's your, that's going to be your job. <laughs> There's, there is nothing worse than in my day when I walk around the kitchen and someone's like, can you taste this chef? Really? And then I'm like, have you tried that? And they're like, no. And I'm like, you try it first because if it's off, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to find that out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is gross. Yeah. yeah. And not that it happens a lot, but there's that that odd thing that just sits out too long and doesn't get used that you got to be on top of and you got to be that. And you also have to make sure that the food going out to your customers is top notch. right? Yeah. Like, did someone put too much salt in something? Did they put not enough salt in something? You know, so you're constantly going around. I always have two spoons in my pocket, one one that goes in my mouth and one that goes in the dish. And so that way I can take out a little bit of sauce, put it in my spoon, and then stick it in my mouth. Oh, <laughs> that's... I never would have thought of that. Yeah, no yeah. cross-contamination. No right? double dipping. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> or I have 30 spoons and I just keep throwing them in the, yeah. the bin. So, you know, just, just a couple things. Uh, here's another thing. To be a head chef, you need experience. And the only way to get to experience is to get into a kitchen. And I always recommend starting on the bottom. If you want to do this as a profession, start dishwashing. You're going to find out if this is for you or if it's not. Um, we'll talk a little bit later about some of the negatives of the industry. But as in this is getting the experience and being able to know each each section of the kitchen so you can sort of identify and know how it works. Um, I know when I came into locals, it was quite difficult for me uh, because I was thrown right in the top. And I had not b had much experience. Sure, I was going to say much experience. Yeah, much experience in that restaurant, mm. in how each station worked. So it was really thrown headfirst in, and I got one station sorted out, then the next station right. sorted out, next station sorted out. And I had a very weak team, and it's not that they were weak; they were inexperienced. Right, they hadn't had the experience in those positions to really be able to to do do everything efficient and do really good quality, right? Uh, they they did great work, and I'm amazed with the team I had, but it was always a struggle every day to be, like, trying to have that, know how to make each dish in your section. Mm. So getting that experience in that section is is a key. To and, you know, I, I was living with, with you at the time, and, you know, you'd come in from work, and I'd be watching TV. It's <laughs> a lot about our lives at the time, um, and you know, straight away you could you could see that you'd had that stress, and you know you were getting more and more determined and and guided because you knew what you needed to do. You needed to go around each area and just focus and just lift each person up one one bit at a time, mm -hmm. and slowly you started to get that momentum. But it it is 
painstaking by the looks of it. Oh, and it never stops. No. Yeah, you will. You never have to stop readdressing things. Mm. It's a constant. Someone will always forget to label and date something. Yeah. Someone will always put something on the wrong shelf, yeah. and it's just bringing that back. And it's not just cooking a chicken, making no, sure it's the right no. temperature. Yeah. Uh, another great helpful fact in being a chef, and this is probably goes without saying, a knowledge of food. Right. Um, there is so much to learn about food. You can get so into one particular dish that it will be overwhelming. Um, what was the one? Oh, I picked up the cookbook, The Modernist Cuisine, years back. And I literally spent an hour just reading about frying pans and how the heat transfers between it. Like, And so just taking on that knowledge, like it just, it hurt my head after <laughs> about an hour of it because I was really intense on like, okay, so like if I'm using a steel pan versus aluminum pan versus, you know, how the heat transfer affects and how that transfers onto how wow. your product is cooking, right? So wow, yeah. if it transfers heat quick, you get a faster sear but then if you it's too hot then you burn things da 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 back and forth back and forth so it's a knowledge and that's not that's a knowledge of equipment but that's, that's also a knowledge of food like what do you do with the tomato how do you what are all the uses you can use that that fruit for you know those are the the kind of the interesting things to work with um and that goes on to menu planning so that's another big aspect of being a chef uh, being able to reutilize things, you know, to keep your, it's so easy for someone to create this beautiful menu with all these really intricate details on it that sounds really great and beautiful and flavorful. Uh, now it's another thing to build a kitchen around that can hold 4,000 different <laughs> ingredients. Yeah. Is that the average amount of ingredients? You know what? I'm really just spitballing, but I, thinking about my inventory, I, yeah, like I probably have over four thousand wow. ingredients in my, in my inventory, right? That like blows there's my like, mind. Wow. Like if you start thinking about it, like I have like ten different types of rice in my in the in my dry storage. Yeah. You know, I've got four different types of flour. No, five, six, seven different types of flour. If I'm gonna throw in gluten free flour and and uh, chickpea flour. So you start, there's all of these things. So it's being able to take that, manipulate that around so that you can have something that you have some cross utilization. So let's say you have a sauce that you use on your breakfast. Like I have a Romesco sauce and then we use it again on a sable fish at night, you know? And so we can yeah. transfer that. So then the product's being used. That's a big thing is just being able to predict shelf life. Like, you know, you're, how much of one container to make of something for a day. Right. So there's there's a lot of things that go into there. Um, so now I'm coming to one of my favorite things that I like to talk about. Uh, and I think it's something that in our lives in general, most of us don't take into account, but it's about respect. And I, to me, respect is a big word. Uh, I like, you have to be able to respect your staff, you know, respect their needs and respect who they are as well as respecting the ingredients that you're working with, yeah. your customers. You know, there's yep. a lot of people. And this is not saying that you have to be yes, 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 you know, and let people do whatever they want. But you have to be like, hey, this is this is what I need done. This is what I expect of you, you know. So I like working with that. And, and you know, I've worked in places where that definitely wasn't the case, where you had excellent chefs, but one part of that ingredient goes 
and everything goes downhill. Then you get open arguments, you get the food coming out wrong, you get swearing, customer complaints, customers go on TripAdvisor. I mean, it, it's just one thing like that that you miss and everything goes downhill. It's fast. it's really, and it's funny, like I've found, and I've worked it and I'm, I've caused it, but you know, <laughs> like having that positive atmosphere in a kitchen and that negative atmosphere in a kitchen. And I know a lot of old school chefs, you know, the the kitchen nightmare. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay, you know, <laughs> flipping, a f- flipping a plate in someone's face. You do that to someone online in the middle of a dinner rush. You've got two things that are going to happen. They're going to walk out. Yeah. And you're down a person. And for the rest of the day, they're going to be struggling because they have been personally hurt. Right. You know, so, you know, like... It goes without saying, like, if I come up to you and call you incompetent and then I'm like, now make now do this food better than you've ever done before. You're not going to you're going to be like self-doubting yourself. You're going to be in this like miserable atmosphere and it just sucks away from your whole kitchen. So, yeah, I guess that's a that's an HR thing like that's a you're managing not only this food, you know, but you're managing people and trying to keep them positive and produce excellency. Right. Yeah. Uh, which goes into my training, right? Like, you know, if people screw up in a kitchen, it's on you. You're the top dog. You don't turn around and say, oh, is that salad cook? Because he doesn't know how to do salad. It's like, you never taught him how to make salad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> that's part of my job is if someone screws up and sends out something wrong, that's on me because I wasn't there to train them. And yeah. I have to, I take that very, very, you know, I take that as a very big thing. And then it makes me go like, look back at my staff and go like, okay, so I have to readjust how we're working yeah. and make sure you guys know exactly what you're expected of. Because sometimes people don't know what's expected of them right. or when you're communicating, which is another big thing in the industry is communicating, being able to talk to people and tell them what your expectation of is. And I don't know how many times I've laid out things for people like this is how we make this sauce i want you to cut the onions saute them add the garlic and then i walk back and they're everything's in the pot and they haven't like spaced out how they're going to cook the thing and it's you get a different product right like yeah if you're not cooking it down like making tomato sauce right saute your onions saute your garlic put your seasonings in add your tomato reduce down whereas i've walked in and like raw onions tomato sauce everything in a pot and i'm like okay so we weren't listening to the directions you know and so you have to reinforce that so yeah there's a lot of high expectations in the restaurant so so many moving parts (laughs) and we're not even there yet we're not even there yet do you want a job (laughs) (laughs) this is your recruitment adverts (laughs) i know i'm making this hard um yeah uh where did i am going through yeah as i'm saying high expectations um, you have to be able to deal with, with, uh, conflict and you know what? You're the top dog. And that is sort of the key things you should be thinking about. Is this something that you're interested in? Now I want to talk about downsides real quick. Yeah. And then we'll, that, yeah. And then we'll <laughs> talk about why I love it. Uh, there is a physical demand on, on you. Uh, the, the nine to five thing doesn't exist in a kitchen. So no. that is a hard thing for yeah. people to understand. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, so you miss out on the social aspect of the life. You know, like there's a, you work holidays, you work weekends, you know. I'm lucky that we take 
some holidays off where I work, which is nice, but a lot of restaurants do. Uh, it can be stressful. It can be very stressful. There's a panic, the expectations. Uh, I get this pit in my stomach before every service that I'm like, that I'm like, is everything ready? Like I'm like going through everything in my head, you know, especially if, you know, like I'm making sure, have I got the eggs? Have I got this? Have I got this? Yeah. Like running that list through. Um, yeah. And so those, those stresses are always, I'm going to admit the pay sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yep, hospitality pay, not that good. Uh, and I shouldn't say that because I think it's getting better because I think things are changing around in our industry quite a bit. Mm. I think people are realizing that it's not just, you know, an entry-level position. It's not something that you just walk off the street and mm. get into. There's there's a huge group of people that have spent a lot of time and a lot of energy and really care about what they're doing who are going into this industry. And yeah, if you like working 12-hour shifts without sitting down or having a break, this is the <laughs> life for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's all. I already feel like uh, that's very, very daunting. But you know, um, what is work for somebody? It might be, you know, actually joyous for somebody else because some people are very good at doing those things that you've just described. Yeah. Well, for me, I love... I, I love it. I mm. love it. I love the fact that to me, it's not a job. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. So my whole life revolves around my restaurant. I know a lot of people don't, they like to separate their work from their life, but I like to embrace both because I love food and mm. I love what food allows you to do. It mm. allows you an opportunity to communicate. You can always have a conversation with another person over food. Yeah. It's, there's, you yeah. know, it's an instant icebreaker. You know, like you don't know someone very well. Talk about food. Yeah. You'll get around. You may not like their ideas, you know, but there's a conversation, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think one of the first things I said to you was that I'm a really good cook and you were very interested by that, obviously. And then I revealed that I just add cheese into everything. <laughs> and, and when I say I'm a good cook, my family are like, oh, this is so nice and cheesy. Literally good at grating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was one. Um, You know what? There's a, as I've brought up before, there's a team atmosphere within within the, the industry, right? Like you're yeah. always, these are your brothers, your sisters, you know, like you, you look at the owners as your, your parents, right? Like, yeah. you know, th there's advice from people like you, you've got this team like and support system, right? Like yeah. I really, I mean, some people may argue with me on this and sometimes, but I feel like the kitchens I've worked in, I've always tried to build in some sort of support to it. Uh, you know, I'm very demanding on my staff and require a lot out of them, but I'm always trying to be there outside of the work to if they need me you know mm. so it's always it's 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 interesting you know uh, what other uh, aspects of it you know what you're never gonna go hungry oh yeah correct you know what like as i'm saying as a chef you're always sampling there's food always around you know most places have a staff meal mm. included within the system uh so you know what if you start looking down like i looked at what I spend on groceries outside. I have nothing in my fridge at home most of the times because I'm eating at the restaurant and that's part of that. I'm always there, but you mm. know, like I have, I'll have a two or three meals there or whatever over the week. And it's, mm. it's good, you know, and, and it keeps you, uh, it keeps you into it. Right. Mm. Like, Oh yeah. We do the staff meal and we challenge each other to do dishes for each other. So it's like changing it up every day so that there's something new, something interesting, Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, using up what we have. And then everyone gets to taste what's on the menu too. So they have a little bit more of understanding of what they're serving. 
Right. I think that's a, a big aspect of the industry. And then, you know, during the lockdown when we were living together, uh, we decided we were going to, after two days of sitting in front of Netflix, eating, you know, a popular brand of low-quality potato chip product, shall I say. Right. We decided we were going to get fit. <laughs> we made our own. We went to Canadian Tire. We made our own TRX, which yeah. is like you fitness using your own body weight with ropes basically of course, yeah which was a death trap by the way <laughs> um anyway we learned how does it, yeah all this tasting how does that does that inhibit your fitness goals well they say you can never trust a skinny chef <laughs> oh yeah okay <laughs> but you know what for me it's that yeah it can be a bit of a a, a hindrance um, but i have i've been fairly fairly fit i think i put on more weight um, over the shutdown, the three months that I was off, even though I was doing an emergency kitchen, but yeah, yeah. like I, I feel like I'm so active. I'm on my feet all day long. Yeah. So it's, it kind of, uh, it works out in yeah. its own benefit. And it's really depends on you yeah. as, as a person, whether you're active. Like I know a lot of people in the food industry and the restaurant industry, especially cooks and chefs are a bit of adrenaline junkies. Right. And I don't think people make that connection. Like a lot of the people I know are, active outside of right. the restaurant so a lot of them do it because they want to go skiing uh, you know they want to be able to, to you know they like mountain climbing or they like getting out in the woods every mm. few days or they're cyclists you know they ride to work every day i've like i've got a couple cooks that ride to work these are just some yeah. examples of some of the people i work with what they do on their spare time so and i'm an avid outdoorsy person too which is yeah Funny because I spend 90% of my life inside. So when I'm on my days off, I find myself, I'm out and about. Like, I'm like, I'm going to yeah. go. You and have to make the most of that. Yeah. And yeah. the only thing that keeps me inside is podcasts and and talking. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Sorry. We, were we, <laughs> we do. Let's just full disclosure, because obviously something happened there when I went, oh, yeah. And it was silent for a second. We shouldn't hide these things. We like to think that we've got this James Bond-esque signaling system between each other. <laughs> Wrap it up. Hurry up. Yeah. All keep on talking. <laughs> it's just like, what was that that gesture you just gave me? I was like, I feel insulted. No, I think this was time to, uh, we're going to cut this one here. Yeah. And then we're going to look at doing, uh, we'll get talking about our next episode uh, in a couple, probably next month, actually, with because we yeah. have a lot of other things coming down the pipeline with the yeah. Edible Valley. So we've got Edible Valley, as usual, Edible Valley old school. We've got Darren doing his old, um, his old, Darren is going to do his own series as well. Yeah. So you can follow all of them, some of them. I'm even going to be doing one or one or two of them. So this is going to be a really interesting time. There's going to be more content. If you want more of Darren and John, you got it. And will. And to an extent me. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, John. You've obviously put a lot of work into that. You've got tons of notes and your experience speak for itself. So thank you very much for that. We look forward to the next series, probably, or the next episode in this series in about a month. Excellent.
Perfect stuff. This has been the Edible Valley podcast, episode 201. I'm William. I'm the producer. I'm Chef Jonathan Fraser, and thanks for listening. And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips behind the scenes. And of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. <laughs> 201 of the Edible Valley podcast. Today we're talking about the cooking profession. Wait, can I just say something? You can use that. Give it a bit more spunk. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, what's this out? I forgot to mention, I knew I had something. Right, so I looked into the analytics. And this has been. Yeah, beep, 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 beep. Okay, ready again?